Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture, and these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. In the past two episodes, I've suggested that it's important for us to pay ridiculous attention to people in our organizations, to listen intently on what they are saying, ask probing questions to learn more, and take action where needed. If I ask you this question, what areas in your organization could be improved, and what would you say? The most common responses relate to poor communication. As I've dug deeper into what people mean by poor communication, here's what I've learned. What people are telling us is that you're not listening to me. My ideas aren't considered. I don't see how what I do fits into the bigger picture. As I've talked with leaders, they seem frustrated and confused because they they think they listen and consider ideas of their employees. They also see how employees' work fits into the bigger picture. So what's the disconnect between leader and employee perceptions? Let's explore the skills associated with being a good listener to understand this disconnect. Many of us are poor listeners because we've not been trained to be good ones. In fact, see if this sounds familiar. As a leader or a team member, we share an action for our teams to do because we are convinced this is the right course of action. Our goal is to get our team to do the behaviors aligned to the action. We put our thoughts together to share and then we enthusiastically do so. And when we get resistance, we offer more reasons why our approach is solid and continue the banter until everyone wears down. Sometimes the meetings tend to have an argumentative tone. We leave with a list of actions people will take. Now here we may get compliance from people, but we seldom get lasting change. So here's a better way to structure our meeting. We come to the meeting with the topic at hand and maybe some parameters for actionable next steps. We put an idea on the table with a goal of arriving at an answer together. We then listen intently to each other to derive a solution. The answer then guides team members on behaviors they need to change or do to accomplish the goal. We tend to think that talking gets our idea implemented, when in reality it's listening that gets an individual idea to a team idea. The conversation at the meeting reshapes an initial idea to one that the team buys into. In her Harvard Business Review blog, To Change Someone's Mind, Stop Talking and Listen, Nilifer Merchant suggests we use a technique that I've used over time. It works great. Here's the technique she suggests we use. Jot down the answer to two questions as you enter a meeting where decisions are being made, which is most of the time. First, write key ideas that could be useful for you to share in the meeting on the topic at hand. She says could because we will reevaluate any of the written key ideas once we learn more in the meeting. And second, she suggests we brainstorm questions we want to ask and things we hope to learn. We may not ask all of our questions, but we'll ask some of them that are relevant to learn more about and help us get closer to good, actionable solutions. Merchant tells us that this approach primes our curiosity and helps us be ready to really listen to people sharing thoughts and ideas 
to come to the best solution. Last summer, I led a series of workshops where we focused on being good listeners. We set the stage for the day with a game. I assign roles to four people without them knowing the roles of others in the group. One person shared an idea. One person had a list of probing questions to ask. Another person was asked to look at a mobile phone the whole time, you know, pretend to be texting. And another person was asked to be annoyed by displaying negative body language. When the timer started, the individual began sharing the idea and the roles were in play. After about three to four minutes, we stopped the role play. I asked the person sharing an idea what the exchange felt like. Last summer, I did this activity three times with three different groups, and here's what occurred each time. The person sharing the idea acknowledged the positive interactions with the individual who asked questions and was interested in the idea. The people sharing the idea recognized the two others were texting and acting annoyed and stated they didn't pay attention to them. They focused on the person who was connecting with them. The group as a whole said that because the types of non-attentive behaviors are so recurrent in group discussions, they didn't pay close attention to the bad behaviors. They knew the behaviors were occurring, but they didn't realize that was part of the role play. This was shocking and unexpected. We place some extra time on the agenda to talk about how certain negative behaviors are more or less tolerated and therefore accepted. We've grown to accept non-attentive behavior as normal to the way teams interact. No wonder poor communication is one of the biggest challenges we face. As we think about poor communication, I challenge us to think reflectively about ourselves and others. The blame for poor communication usually shifts to leaders. It's what leaders at the top or our leaders fail to do that makes communication bad. This may be partially true, but the whole truth lies with all of us. All leaders and employees own this poor communication obstacle. We all share ideas with others, and we all listen to ideas others share. What kind of listener are we going to choose to be when we are in both of these roles? Here are five tips I constantly remind myself to do. You may have others that work for you, so add to this list as you think about them. Number one, pay ridiculous attention to what people are saying. Let's stop looking at our mobile phones and sending emails and text when we are in meetings or sessions. When the phone is in front of us, we see things pop up on our phones, and it's difficult to keep from looking. If you are like me, changing my behavior to put away my mobile phone is difficult because I use my cell phone as my watch. When I'm trying to monitor time, I use my phone to do so. If there is a clock in the room, I put my phone away. If not, I put my phone in front of me for time checks. I get annoyed when something pops up. I find myself turning my phone over throughout the session and the day. I also see people around me looking at my phone because I see it pop up as well. What I know is I need to change this behavior all of the time. I'm working on a different solution. You may have some ideas for me. Number two, when we are on virtual calls with our team or our clients, let's give people 100% of our attention. That means not checking email, working on other tasks, 
or thinking about our grocery list. When at all possible, let's ask our team members to turn on their video cameras during meetings. That's not always possible, I know. And when not, our team members tell us why, and we trust they are giving 100% of their undivided attention to the meeting. Why? Because we've been clear about this expectation. Number three, this one, this next one may be old fashioned, yet it's one of my must do's with our team. Why? Because at times I want undivided attention on listening, hearing, probing, understanding, and clarifying. To determine the best strategies and actions to help our organization and team members achieve success. Here it is. When meeting with teams in person to talk about strategy, innovation, and new ideas, we leave our technology devices out of the room. The devices are not invited to the meeting. There may be an exception for a note taker. I make sure we identify the note taker so others understand why someone is on a device. Number four, listen to others and use the questions approach merchant asks us to consider when coming to a meeting. Our tendency is to think about what we want to say as people are talking rather than listening and asking questions to deepen our understanding. And number five, when we are presenting an idea, be open to listening to others and using the probing questions during the discussion to mold the idea into something better. Taking an idea and using conversation to build collaborative solutions motivates our teams to put the idea into action. In some way, we all have difficulty modifying our ideas. Some team members may have more difficulty than others. For those who find themselves in this difficult position, your work may be a little harder to get to a different place. That's why I like Merchant's helpful tool. Try it. When I work with clients and partners, I apply this approach. I write down my thoughts and questions I could ask. It helps me open my mind to our clients' needs rather than me pushing my solutions on them. That's made me a better coach for our clients. Doesn't mean I don't offer recommendations because I do. It means that I can tie my recommendations back to something they've said is important to them. It's helping me help them shape their ideas into action, not them putting my ideas into action. Some team members have deep convictions to their ideas. We see it in meetings when someone continues to push the same point over and again. Why does this occur? <laughs> Sometimes it's part of an individual's DNA. Convictions to something are not necessarily bad, but our unwillingness to listen, to strengthen and mold our convictions, creates unproductive work environments. At other times, team members may beat a point into the ground because they lack professional maturity. We need to help them grow. Many times, we push our ideas to action because we've not developed the needed skills to be good listeners. Leaders create expectations for being good listeners, develop their teams and themselves, and model good listening. And our team members focus on listening intently to others and develop their skills to be good listeners. Our way of interacting with others becomes part of our culture. Listening intently is a habit of practice. This week, let's focus on listening intently. First, when inter interacting with others, one-on-one -on -one or in meetings, let's put away our mobile devices and listen intently. Hear people, ask questions to deepen your understanding, and take actions where needed. Two, when we go to a meeting, let's jot down key ideas 
we may want to share and jot down questions we could ask to learn more about the topic at the meeting. Three, listen and ask questions to learn more, some that we wrote or some that come to us when listening to others. Four, let's use this process to help the team come up with collective ideas to put into action. And five, after the meeting, let's reflect on how our minds shifted in thinking from my ideas to our ideas. Was the outcome a better one? How did it make us feel? How did it make our teammates feel? How did the approach motivate the team to act in meaningful ways? I close with this short story. This past week, I was eating dinner in a restaurant and saw a young couple, high school age, at the same restaurant eating dinner. Both were on their mobile phones waiting for their dinner to be served. I kept watching and was hopeful they were on their phones after taking a selfie and they were just posting it. But that wasn't the case. They continued to stare into their phones. They spent most of their dinner together on their phones. I kept looking back to see if they were talking to each other. Every time I looked at their dinner table, they were interacting with their phones, not each other. When I mentioned this to one of my friends, she said, they're probably talking to each other on their phones at the table. I didn't find that funny at all. What's even more disheartening is when you see a family at dinner and the parents are acting with their mobile devices and not connecting with their children who are deviceless. We've got to listen intently to our young people and teach the value of listening intently to each other. Developing positive relationships at work and in life is a timeless necessity to be a good person. Connecting with others means we listen intently. When looking at others, we smile, we laugh, we cry, and we express gratitude for the opportunity to be in someone's presence. Life and work are not about me or about you. It's about us having a meaningful place to work and live. We can't do that alone. We need each other. Listen intently to others. That's how we gain purpose, do worthwhile work, and make a difference. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Your Performance. I look forward to connecting with you on our next podcast episode, where we will learn more about ways to manage up others in organizations. Have a great week.